I'm Kevin Gillikin. You're listening to the Broncos and Bratwurst podcast. Yes, I'm a little bit sick again, so pardon my voice. Um, yeah, well, you're listening to this on Saturday morning. I just watched the 40-minute version of the Broncos game because I just couldn't quite, you know, bear getting up at 3 a.m. even though it was such a big game. And well, I want to start out the show with with the good news, the good things that came out of this game. Um, I'd say number one is Justin Simmons is a very, very good player. Um, number two, Cortland Sutton is also a very, very good player. Number three, I didn't get up at 3 a.m. to watch this game, which ended up being one of the worst games, worst performances in recent Denver Broncos history. And I don't think anyone will disagree with that. It was a game they absolutely had to have. It was a game at home against an injured Kansas City team that became more injured, as anyone knows who watched the game. And the Broncos totally crapped the bed and are no doubt going to be down a spiral of toilet garbage for the rest of the season. Because when you come out and choke in a game like that, and just don't show up, things are going to change and bad things are going to happen because that is what you deserve and that is how things work in professional sports. This, I I mean, honestly, I, I imagine I have about 10 people listening to this show today because, like me, I don't want to listen to any pundits or anyone talking about how bad my team was. And you know what? It's completely deserved. That was an embarrassment. That was That was... I mean, it was so bad that I think 90% of the team deserves to be cut. I believe that the coaches deserve to be fired. I believe that John Elway should be gone just because of this game. Now, yes, this is overreaction Saturday. I understand. But that game was so putrid. What do you say? I mean, how do you not show up to the biggest game you've had in four years? The, the, The Kansas City Chiefs were coming in totally hobbled. The Broncos were practically healthy. You know, yeah, sure, they're missing a couple cornerbacks. But, I mean, that's not a good Kansas City defense. They're, they're one of the worst run defenses in the league, and you can't rush against them. Why? Because they stack the line. And when they stack the line, the Broncos don't have a quarterback who can take advantage. Pure and simple. I've said it all year. Even when they won, Joe Flacco wasn't the reason they won. I mean, I don't understand why people continue to defend him. The same with Garrett Bowles. What is this weird loyalty? Yes, I mean... The Bronco, I actually had the Broncos winning this game. I don't know what was wrong with me. Uh, apparently, you know, I mean, I, I I gave them more benefit of the doubt that they would actually show up, but I didn't think they were going to win because of Joe Flacco. I never think that because he's not a good quarterback. Not only that, I think he is a non-winning quarterback. I said it from the beginning of the year. I said it in preseason. For anyone who's listened for the entire year, I don't like his face. Yeah, it sounds ridiculous, but are you starting to hear me now? How about now that Troy Aikman is saying, yeah, well, you know, the Broncos are down by 20 in the fourth quarter and and Joe Flacco looks pretty calm. He looks pretty cool. He looks pretty chill. He looks like he doesn't give a shit. Pardon the French. What an embarrassment. You could tell by the end of that game that Joe Flacco gave up. He gave up. I mean, defend him all you like. The guy gave up. And, and, And you could tell that his teammates around him knew it. Look look at some of the look at Philip Lindsay in the fourth quarter when Joe Flacco, Joe Checkdown, I should say, tossed it over to to Lindsay, who clearly had a defender two yards away from him and got plastered. 
It's a terrible throw. It's a terrible decision, and it's purely because Joe Flacco was was sick of getting hit. Yeah, I get it. It's not all on Joe Flacco. The offensive line was that. I mean, seriously, that was maybe the worst offensive line performance I've ever seen for this team ever, ever. And what was it, eight or nine sacks? I, I'm not even looking at the stats, guys. I'm not. I, I don't want to. I don't want to. I mean, yeah, sure, that's bad on me. Yeah, yeah, Kevin doesn't want to do the work. I don't. I don't want to do the work. You know, I, I, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of a bad team. I'm sick of a bad product. You know, props to the Broncos fans who stayed. That's loyalty. That's true fans. Th- those are guys, those are people who stick with this team through thick and thin. And I will too. I'm never going to give up on this team completely. And that's why I want Joe Flacco gone. I want this team to be successful. I want them to win. And Joe Flacco is never going to do it. He never was going to do it. For goodness sake. He's a Band-Aid and he's a guy who, who I've never had the impression that he really cared. Have you? Does he does he strike you as a guy who comes in there and, and, and strikes, you know, fear into the heart of the opponent? Does he seem like a guy who... who who brings up the level of play, who inspires confidence in his teammates. He doesn't to me. He never has. And honestly, neither do any of the other veterans on this team. Von Miller hasn't done it. Sanders hasn't done it. You know, when things are going well, those guys, you know, they're leaders and they sound great. And I'm, I'm, I'm the leader of this team. And you know what? When things are going badly, you know, you know, the guys I see on the field, the guys I see who look like they give a crap, the guys who I see you know giving 100% all the time, Justin Simmons, Philip Lindsay, Cortland Sutton, Alexander Johnson, Mike Purcell. These are guys who are not your veteran leaders, but you know what? They should be. Because when you have these veterans who come out and just crap the bed, Garrett Bowles, for goodness sake, Ron Leary, can't block for crap. I'm not even, I mean, come on. You know, I, I'm about 200 pounds, five foot 10, fairly strong, but not in great shape. Come on. I could at least, you know, get in front of a defender. Come on. What are you doing? Bowles is such an idiot. And, and, and that's just who he is. It's not going to change. Jeez, I said this, what, last week or two weeks ago, and fans are jumping down my throat. Whoa, Kevin, you're always blaming Garrett Bowles. The guy's trash. He is trash. He doesn't learn. This hasn't changed. Things have to change on this team. And and honestly, if this was Vance Joseph in his first year, second year, third year, we would have been absolutely destroying him. And no one's destroying Vic Fangio, who absolutely deserves it. What a joke. I don't care. I, I mean, for goodness sake, this was a game they had to win. The Chiefs were down several of their big-time main players, Sammy Watkins, Chris Jones, um, two of their starting offensive linemen. And then, at the beginning of the game, practically the beginning, a boneheaded decision by Andy Reid, which is, I mean, truly mind-boggling, that he had an already hobbled uh, 2018 MVP, Pat Mahomes, sneak it, which, I mean... I just think that's it's so dumb. It's so brain dead. Just handed the game on the platter. They, 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 the Broncos, all they had to do was beat Matt Moore, who hasn't even taken a snap during practice, practically. They had to beat Matt Moore, guys. Matt Moore. And they couldn't do it. 
This was a bad Chiefs defense. Bad. They're, they're not just average. They are bad. They are below average. And the Broncos looked like trash. Partly because they, they just couldn't. They, they must not have been prepared. They didn't come out with fire. They, they looked like they were just playing another game. This was a primetime game at home against the Chiefs. This game had playoff implications. And our team didn't show up. Shame on them. Shame on them. And I know that, again, you know, that the, the 10 of you out there listening to me today, I'm sure you agree. It's, it's a bad look. It's, 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 it's horrible. I mean, I, I, am, I, do, I don't want to watch any football or look at any reviews. I don't want to listen to ESPN or, or the fan or anything because I don't want to hear it. It's, 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 it's embarrassing. Oh man. I mean, the good thing is, I mean, there are some good signs for this team. I love the young guys. I really do. There's some really good young guys on this team. I love Corlin Sutton. The guy is such a baller. Phil Lindsay, Justin Simmons. These are guys you build your team around. The problem, they're not enough of them. There's not enough. This team is not that close. And definitely, 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 they don't have the quarterback. And that is not just from his play on the field. I don't like him. I don't like him. I don't know him as a man. He may be the nicest man on earth. But as a leader, I don't see it. And I never did. There's no inspiration from him. You you could tell. I mean, really, go back and watch that fourth quarter. The players were frustrated with Joe Flacco. The guy got scared. Now, yeah, partly because he got sacked a lot, but the guy, he couldn't see a blitz coming. Eventually, if you fumble the ball three times in the first half, you got to start saying, okay, I have to hit a hot route, guys. I've got to hit a hot route, you know? And he couldn't do it. Now, yeah, I haven't watched the game in, in, in you know, the 22 angles. I don't know if it's the receiver's fault, too. I'm not sure. This is coming off of one viewing of the 40-minute highlights, but that's enough. Honestly, I don't want to go back and watch more. Oh, man. I don't even know what to say. What, what do they do now? They're, they're, I mean, you just you just kicked this season goodbye. I mean, it's already a brutal schedule, so it's in the end, it's probably a good thing. I don't want this team to end up seven and nine and then have you know nothing in the in the draft. I do. I would be okay if they end up three and, and thirteen. But boy, this one hurts. It hurts because they didn't show up. I wouldn't have honestly. I want, of course, I wanted them to win because if they win, you have a chance at the playoffs. You do, but you know, losing in the end, it's okay. That they're not going to be a great team this year. They never were. That's okay. I'm actually not that upset about the loss, honestly. I don't like it. I don't ever like losing. But you know, in the end, three and thirteen is better than seven and nine. You know, shoot me now. But what what I cannot stand, what I just can't handle, what I can't stomach is they didn't show up. They gave up. They gave up. I, I mean, tell me I'm wrong. Not everyone. Not everyone. But there were players on that team that gave up. That, that didn't, that in the end, there was no attempt at a comeback. There was no, hey, I'm going to put this team on my back. No, there wasn't. And especially, primarily, 
from the Denver Broncos starting quarterback who should be ashamed of himself. Truly, he should. And so should the offensive line. They, they really should. They, they should go and look in the mirror and say, what, what, who am I, you know? What, did I just give the best performance I could for my teammates? They really should. And the Broncos should look in the mirror and say, hey, look, you know, who is actually going to contribute for this team? Who, who is going to actually help this team in a leadership perspective? Who's going to be the, the guys, you know, the coaches even, who are going to change things on this team? Who are going to build a culture that, that we are proud of again? Because right now, there's no pride. I have no pride in this team. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed right now to be a Broncos fan. And everyone else should be too. Up next, we're going to send it over to the Skipper Dude. Um, I'm not sure what he's talking about. He hasn't sent in his segment yet. Um, I doubt it's going to be any more positive than mine, even though he always finds he always finds some positive uh, spin, which I appreciate because I typically don't. And well, guys... I know you don't like it. I know you don't like, a lot of you don't like my negativity. But, well, if it's true, if Joe Flacco turns out not to be a leader, which I've said since preseason, I've said that this team lacks veteran leadership, well, I think we're starting to see it. It hurts to say, it hurt to say, it hurt to say back in August. But we're seeing it. There's not enough talent on this team and there's not enough leadership. So, after the skipper dude, we'll talk about what they should do, what they can do, what the future looks like for for the Denver Broncos. It's probably going to be a short podcast because, again, I don't think many people are listening. And, well, I don't want to just drag on and, and talk negativity. I do want to look at the future. I do want to talk about some bright spots, um, talk about what's coming up next. But um, this one hurts. This one hurts. Skipper dude, up next. Thanks as always, Kevin. So we'll get to poker face, Joe Flacco, in just a minute. But I wanted to start today by saying that I've lived through a good number of worse losses than last Thursday in my 35 years as a Denver Broncos fan. I mean, the Mark Brunell Jacksonville loss in 1996 and the Raheem Moore Baltimore loss in 2012 coming. But I'm not sure I've ever had a more holistically, personally miserable experience than this last Thursday. As the game started, our family's internet all but went down. Now, not completely, mind you, so I could just pick up and go to a Buffalo Wild Wings or something, but enough that I went from big screen TV to computer to smartphone, then it started buffering every couple minutes, and then Troy Aikman started sounding like this. So, so I'm ticked at technology, ticked at Joe Flacco and Garrett Bowles. The game is one of the most truly awful games I can remember. I picked the Broncos in our against the spread league. I owe my my boss at work a 25 cents for losing for picking the Broncos. And Patrick Mahomes is on my fantasy team. And, and add that to the fact that all of us at Mile High Report now are looking at 45 weeks before we can start talking about meaningful Denver Bronco football games again. And it was just a hugely sucky night. Okay, but enough about me and on to poker face. Joe Flacco. Guys, I am 100% with Kevin here that Joe Flacco is done as an NFL quarterback. And I know this is the theme in all of Bronco country, but I'm going to try to give you a couple hot takes that you hopefully haven't heard yet. So first, 
The offensive line in general, and Garrett Bowles in particular, are taking a, a ton of heat for their 25, 24 sacks in seven games and Bowles' mountain of holding penalties, and deservedly so. But come on, Russell Wilson has played his entire career behind crappy offensive lines, and he still finds a way to be great. You know one of the big reasons why this Denver Broncos offensive line looks so bad, bad in pass blocking? Yeah, Bowles and Wilkinson are bad. I'll give you that. It's not McGovern. It's not Leary. It's definitely not Reisner, and it's not Mike Munchak. It's because defenses know exactly where Flacco's going to be. You rush Russell Wilson or Patrick Mahomes or even Tom Brady and collapse the pocket, and you just don't know whether they're still going to be there. Wilson and Mahomes because they're athletic, and Brady because he's smart and intuitive. That one dynamic hamstrings Rich Gangarello and simplifies things immensely for defenses. With a, with a mobile quarterback, you just open up a running lane in the pocket between, say, Reisner and McGovern, and you're going to turn a sack into a short game or perhaps even a big broken play. But with Flacco, you don't have that option. He can't scramble. He has neither the talent nor apparently the inclination. So second, and this really stuck out to me even more than his lack of mobility, but, but as I was watching Flacco, I was, I was queuing in on the Chiefs' pre-snap defensive alignments, at least when my smartphone was working. And so many times, they'd be in cover two, and their linebackers and safeties were all cheating towards the line of scrimmage. It was obvious. But every time, Flacco just handed off for a one-yard game. I mean, good grief, run a believable play action or run a flea flicker and send Fant and, and Sutton deep down the middle of the field, and then they've been almost uncovered. I thought Scangarello called a lousy, predictable game this week. Hey, it's going to happen. He was working on a short week, and I've loved Scangarello's play calling so far this season. So I don't want to throw him under the bus. But Flacco looked to me like he was just going through the motions and playing the company man, not reading the defense pre-snap and trying to do anything creative. And I know part of that is his stoic personality, but I see absolutely no spark from the quarterback position. That's a huge problem. So you add those two factors to the reality of Father Time that his processing skills appear to be slowing down if they were ever really that fast to begin with. And voila, you have an offense that despite being one of the league's best running attacks has only scored 20 points once this entire season. Flacco needs to go. But guys, here's the problem. Drew Locke can come off of IR in two weeks when the Broncos host Cleveland in week nine, and I can't find the exact quote, but a couple weeks ago, Scangarello talked about how the period of time that a rookie quarterback has to learn uh, before he's thrown into the game action is golden. I think he used the word golden. And I saw that comment, and it felt to me like it was Scangarello's way of tempering expectations that we may not see Locke in week nine this, this year or perhaps even at all this season. Now, I realize that most of Broncos country does not want to ever see Joe Flacco's body in a Denver Bronco uniform again. And I've seen some, some, some sentiment that we need to play Brandon Allen even over Flacco. And I get the frustration, but let's be honest about a couple things. First, there's no financial benefit for cutting Flacco mid-season. His 2019 salary is already fully guaranteed. And as bad as Flacco's been, you really don't make the team any better or do any favors in the clubhouse by benching Flacco for Brandon Allen. That's just an emotional decision 
of armchair quarterbacks. It's the kind of thing that loser organizations like the Dolphins or the Redskins do. The only option here, uh, the only options are either Flacco or Drew Locke. And really, there's only one question regarding Locke. And that is, will his taking over in week nine or later help or hinder his growth as a quarterback? That's a tough tough question. And I think there's only one guy whose opinion really matters on it, and that's Rick Scangarello. And for my part, I'm still all in on Scangarello. He's he's had a tough first season as an offensive coordinator, but I don't think anybody expected much better than what we've seen. Yeah, he'll have to dumb down the playbook for for some for Locke, but, but, you know, newsflash, he's already dumbing down the playbook a ton for Flacco's immobility. Scangarello can't roll pockets with Flacco. He can't bootleg with any success. He he can't really design any creative blocking to break Flacco free from the pocket. It's a dumbed down playbook already. You might as well just dumb it down for Locke's lack of experience. But but a key to the Flacco-Locke discussion that folks aren't taking into account is the brutality of the schedule over the next six weeks. If you turn things over to Locke, He'll have a very winnable game against a talented but underachieving Browns team in Week 9 and then the bye. Nice nice way to start his career. But then it goes at Minnesota, at Buffalo, at home against the Chargers, at Houston, and and at Kansas City. I mean, ouch. If you're going to start Locke, you're probably guaranteeing that he's going to start his career at either 1-5 or or worse, perhaps even 0-6. And And if his footwork is not ready, if his progression reading is not ready, if his command of the huddle or his confidence is not ready, you risk setting him back as a quarterback in a way that he may never recover from. It happens with tons of quarterbacks. That, That decision on when to start a quarterback is one of the most important decisions that many OCs and head coaches have to make, and you only get to make it once. You have to make the right decision. So, my friends, I know at this point I may be bearing some news that absolutely nobody wants to hear, myself included. But don't be surprised if cooler heads prevail in Dove Valley when Drew Locke starts practicing again and Rich Gangarello looks at Vic Fangio and shakes his head no, and then Fangio looks at John Elway and shakes his head no, and the Drew Locke experiment is shelved for the rest of 2019. You're gonna hate it, I'm gonna hate it, and we're gonna end up with, um, yeah, for the rest of the season, but if it's the right thing to do for the long haul, it's the right thing to do. Kevin, back to you. Thanks for the skipper dude for that. Again, I haven't heard it. Um, he's going to send it in tonight because this podcast goes out Saturday morning, even though I'm recording here on Friday. Um, not a whole lot of news. I guess some positives coming out of the game that there weren't many injuries. I think Will Parks hurt his thumb. Um, honestly, not a huge loss. I like the guy, but he has not been good this year. He's missed a lot of tackles, missed some coverages, gave up a touchdown. Like Chris Harris Jr. also gave up a bad touchdown. You know, that was another negative. I mean, Chris Harris Jr. has been good this year. He's been a great player for the Broncos. That was a bad touchdown to give up. Now, maybe I'm missing something, but at least the broadcast crew, they also thought that it was man coverage, and he just let Hill go. I mean, I don't really know. It seemed like he thought that that, that there was someone else covering the, the, you know, the flat on that side of the field, but if it was man coverage, I don't really know what he was thinking because maybe it was if it was cover two, you got a guy over the top, but he let him go across the field. I mean, he just... Let him go. I mean, 
I, I hope that Joe or somebody can tell me, you know, what went wrong there. Maybe it was a blown coverage on someone else. But to my eyes, just to my eyes, in the first viewing, Harris, Chris Harris Jr. just gave up a touchdown just because he stopped running. Now, I certainly hope that's not the case. I think Chris Harris Jr. is a great player, potentially a future Hall of Famer, a Ring of Famer without question. So I certainly hope there was something else going on there than he just stopped. Um, what was good from this game? Um, not much. Yeah, not much. I think there are some guys to build around. I think Alexander Johnson just, he always shows up. The guy is always there. He makes great plays. I think he has, he's got a really good motor. He's got a good um, instinct. You can see he just sniffs out the ball. He sniffs out plays. Um, and and that's, that's the kind of guy they absolutely need at the inside linebacker position. He looks quick. He looks fast. Um, and that's, that's game changing stuff for the Broncos. That means, you know, if he's a guy you can build around, you know, if, um, Todd Davis is, is a guy who you want to stick around, you know, he's okay. I don't love him, but he does make some good plays. Um, then at least you don't have to focus on inside linebacker in this year's draft or next year's draft. Um, and I mean, there are enough positions on this team you're going to need. I mean, they're going to have to get wide receivers, um, they're going to have to get uh, offensive linemen, for goodness sake. That would be my focus right now. I mean, if 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 um, nothing changes, then the Broncos really need a, a left tackle as early as possible. Um, and we'll we'll have to see um, if if they do that in the first round. I mean, if they have one of the top five picks, which right now they're they're going to be close. Um, if they continue on this on this stretch, and you know, if they go three and thirteen or something, they'll have a good good high pick. I mean, next week they play at Indy. Um, you know, that's not a game I think they win. Um, and and really, right now, I I want to see, I want to see Locke. Um, yeah, you're you're putting him in a tough position against some some good teams, some good defenses. Um, he's not going to probably play well. He's going to struggle, but at least he's going to have heart. I think he's going to he's going to at least you know so show some emotion out there. You, and of course, most importantly, you're going to see what he can bring to the team. You're going to see what he is, and, and and if they need to draft a quarterback in 2020, which I certainly hope they don't. They're not ready to compete in 2020, from what I see. So I think you you got to stay with Locke. You go with Locke for a year and a half, see what he has, draft you know, a left tackle, a uh, wide receiver. Um, I think, you know, that the trade deadline is, is coming up. And I think this game showed you, you gotta, I don't think you blow things up, but I think you got to trade Sanders. Um, I think you've got to trade Wolf. Um, some of these other veteran guys who just, they're not, they're not going to win here. And they probably just need another, another place, another, you know, another outlook, you know, another quarterback, perhaps. I mean, I, I love Sanders. I, I really do. I mean, I, he's one of my favorite players in the last 10 years, he's done so much for the team. And really because of that, I hope he gets traded. I really do. I hope he gets traded to a team that's competitive, to a team where he can win. Um, he's a guy who, who's really given his heart to this team, and he's given his all, and he deserves better. Um, and I, I hope he gets traded to a good team. Just please, please, please not the New England Patriots, for goodness sake. Um, I hope he gets traded You know, perhaps to, I don't know, the Philadelphia Eagles or something like that. Uh, the Broncos maybe get a, I don't know, third, fourth round pick. Um, and it's a win-win for everybody because he's not coming back next year. Um, he's a guy who deserves to win and you get something in return. So I absolutely hope they trade Emmanuel Sanders maybe this week. Um, maybe Derek Wolf. I don't think, no, no chance in my mind they trade Von Miller. 
I think he's a lifelong Bronco, and, and you just don't get much. You, you really eat a ton of salary if you trade him this year. Um, he's a guy I just don't think you trade. Now, the big question is Chris Harris Jr. I don't think you trade him because if you trade him, you really your your cornerbacks are just a disaster. They're already not very good, and if you trade him, you've got really nothing in that position. And I don't think that's something that they're going to do. I think Chris Harris Jr. stays for the rest of the year. He's probably gone next year, unfortunately. Um, I think he's a guy who might stay if they offered him. Um, I think he would stick around the team even if they're not a winning team, but I don't think they're going to offer him, you know, 15 million. So unfortunately, I think he's going to go, and I, I think they're not going to get anything in return, even though, you know, I don't know if they get much anyway. So I think Sanders is the guy you got to trade. I think you got to trade him soon, um, perhaps, you know, in the next few days, um, even though he can't obviously play this next week for another team. You know, coming up again, you know, I think we got to look forward to, I, I really think the things they have to do, you have to put it in a different left tackle. Bowles has just got to go. I mean, the quarterback, I mean, I, I talked about this a couple weeks ago that, I mean, I don't think Flacco has any faith in Bowles and you see it and he didn't have any faith in the offensive line, which is deserved because they're terrible, but it, it works together. I mean, he, 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 he makes the offensive line worse and they make him worse. It's a terrible, terrible combination because, Right now, defenses are just ganging up against the run, which the Chiefs did. They just stacked the box and then blitzed the crap out of out of you know passing plays. And Flacco couldn't handle it, and the offensive line couldn't handle it, and, and the defense could see that. And that I don't see that changing, and it hasn't all year. It's been a problem all year. Flacco can't handle any pressure, especially coming from his left and, and from his right either. And he's clearly shown that he's not a quarterback who can handle it. He, he, he seems to be a quarterback who can't read blitzes which for a guy who's what a, a 10-year veteran that's pretty weird and and it's something that he's got to go I mean I, I'm totally done with him I, I honestly I've been done with him since week one but there's no reason for him to be starting um, once once Drew Locke can come back which I believe is after week eight so you got to play Flacco against Indy and yeah absolutely I, I would play Drew Locke at home against Cleveland. I don't even care if Denver beats Indy. I would start Drew Locke. The team, the receivers, the running backs really appeared to me to have given up on Flacco, and he absolutely seemed to have given up on the Broncos. I know it's harsh. I know it's 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 not nice. I'm not saying he's a bad dude, but there's at least something in his mind that was giving up. He was throwing balls away. He was just checking down. He, he was not in that game to win it at the end. He wasn't. I mean, it's harsh. I know. I don't like saying it either. But that's what I saw. So, you know, I, I don't like seeing a guy quit, but boy, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. I, I, I don't know, guys. You know, it, it was ugly. It was ugly. And, and he was ugly. I mean, the, the guys on the, on the broadcast were saying it was one of the worst offenses they've ever seen. These are guys who've been broadcasting and playing, you know, in Troy Aikman for, for many, 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 many years. And when that's the case... That's a bad look. And they were saying, wow, you know, Flacco's coming back in. It was embarrassing. I mean, it was it was really bad. And and everyone saw it. And I don't think you come back from that. I don't think you do. I, I don't think Joe Flacco can come back from that game. I mean, I don't know if the offensive line can either. I, I mean, I think Garrett Bowles and Joe Flacco should not come back from that game. I think you bring in anyone, Eli Rogers or whoever, who I don't even care how bad he is. I, I mean, geez, throw in, throw in. Deshaun Hamilton at left tackle. I don't even care. Bowles clearly doesn't learn. He clearly never will learn. He's done it for three plus years now. So enough, enough. Eventually, you've got to give it to someone else. I don't care how high draft pick he was. You've got to give your team some hope and not keep in a player who continually makes mistakes. 
And it's the same with Flacco. He's not improved. Yeah, sure, he's he's thrown up some some decent numbers, mostly in garbage time. And that's what, I mean, again, people have given me crap for, for bagging on Flacco even during the wins. The, has anyone watched these games? People keep going, yeah, well, look at his stats. I mean, he's, he's 11th in QBR. Have you watched these games? The, he's not been a good quarterback. He's made some good throws, which, yeah, maybe Trevor Simeon couldn't have, want, couldn't have made. But you know what? This team was better with Trevor Simeon. Tell me I'm wrong. It was better with Trevor Simeon. It was better with Paxton Lynch. Now, yeah, maybe they had a little more talent, but not a whole lot. I mean, maybe the offensive line was slightly better. But you know what? This team has Sutton, Sanders, Freeman, Lindsey, Fant. Who, oh, don't get me started on Fant, who dropped two passes that were just brutal, backbreaking catches that he should have had. I mean, just, again, bad play. Fant should absolutely be one of the guys who's embarrassed. And I've been a big Fant supporter. I was wrong about that. I thought he would have a big year. Oh, man. So frustrating. So going forward, I hope, I, I no, I don't want to say I hope they lose, but it is better if they lose. This season's done. Next season's probably done. So get in your young guys. Get in the guys that you're going to see what they can give you. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, you know what I'm going to be looking for? I'm going to be looking for a big season from Cortland Sutton. I want to see him go to the Pro Bowl. I love Cortland Sutton. I liked him last year before it was popular. The guy's a baller. The guy just, he, he you can tell he's got a motor. He's smart. He understands the game. He's a guy who, I, I just, I love how he plays. I love it. I mean, he he and Lindsey, they're the guys this team should build around. Really. They're, they're the guys, and Dalton Reisner, even though he makes some rookie mistakes and did not have a very good game, I like their mentality. You can see it on the field. And Justin Simmons, there are some guys on defense too. And they're the guys you got to build around. These young or these old veteran dudes who just look like they don't want to be here. Joe Flacco. <clears throat> no, done. I'm done. I'm done with it. Bring in, bring in Drew Locke. Bring in. I don't even care. Bring in. What's the guy's name? And who's the backup quarterback right now? Uh, the guy from from L.A. I don't even know his name. That that's kind of embarrassing. Is a Broncos <laughs> talk talk show uh, host, I guess. Um, Garrett something. I, I would start him. Really, I would. I mean, Flacco should be done after that game. The team, yeah, no, bad, 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 bad. Okay, I know I'm just repeating myself now. I, I've got to stop. Um, coming up, we've got Indianapolis on the road, and then after that, you got Cleveland at home. Um, both tough teams. I mean, Cleveland is is better than they've looked. They're really talented, and I, I think they're much, much more talented than than the Broncos. Indianapolis, obviously, as well. They're probably two losses, at least lost in Indy. Cleveland will be interesting, um, and I hope that uh, obviously at that point it's Drew Locke first, Baker Mayfield, and that will at least get me interested in. And maybe, maybe, maybe I'll stay up to watch the 10 p.m. game if Drew Locke is in. If it's Joe Flacco, absolutely not. I will not. I'm not going to give my time. I'm not going to stay up late and wake up, you know, and and be tired all day because of a bad quarterback with a bad team and a quarterback who doesn't want to be here. So. Any game that Joe Flacco starts, um, I'm going to watch the 40-minute condensed version because why Why should I watch the rest? I mean, I, I, I have no faith in him. I have no faith in this team right now. And I'm not, I'm not giving up on them. I'm still a loyal fan. But, you know, when you're in Germany and you got to stay up until 2 a.m. to watch a game, it's not worth it when they're that bad. It's not. I mean, fans are going to stop showing up to games. And, you know... They should, because when it's a bad product, and it's been a bad product for years and years, eventually you have to say, enough. Joe Flacco coming in was a bad idea. 
We've, I mean, again, we've got to blame John Elway. Why? Why do you bring in Joe Flacco? I know I'm, I'm beating a dead horse, but why bring him in? It's a band-aid on a bad team. This was never going to be a good team. What did Joe Flacco do for you? Nothing. Nothing. And then you re-sign him. You, you, you put in money so that you will actually eat money next year when you didn't have to. What are you doing? It's brain dead. It's brain dead. It's a bad decision. It's John Elway just hoping that he finds another Peyton Manning. And that's never going to happen because there's only one Peyton Manning. Thank goodness we had him. But the more you know this season goes on, and if they end up 3-13, and John Elway's got to take the heat. That was such a bad choice, and especially restructuring the deal. Yeah, they're not going to eat a ton, but they're still going to eat money when if he starts next year, I swear I might become a Cleveland Browns fan. I mean, you know, oh, what, what, where's the point where we start saying, no, enough. It's enough. I, I, you know, uh, this is my team, but the, the team itself, the Denver Broncos matter more to me than, than John Elway. And so if John Elway continues to put out crap, then eventually I have to say, okay, no, I'm done. You know, until they fix something, until they, they, they have some turnaround, and, and, and they start putting a winning product, I'm not going to go because that's when it puts pressure on them. That's when it puts pressure and says, you know, the ownership's going to say, oh, wow, people are not watching anymore. People aren't filling the seats. People aren't paying us money to watch a bad product. That's when they're going to make a decision. I've been a John Elway supporter forever. But boy, oh boy, it's bad right now. It's bad, really bad. When you've got that bad of an offensive line for, for three years straight, You've got bad quarterback play for four years straight. Eventually, you've got to blame the GM. He's had so many bad drafts. He's been so bad at bringing in quarterbacks. He, he didn't bring in Kyle Shanahan, who's now 5-0 and with San Francisco and looks like a genius, which we all knew. And instead, they hired Vic Fangio, or excuse me, they, they hired um, VJ. Vance Joseph, I can't even remember his name, because he was a buddy of, of, of one of Elway's buddies. I mean, it's just, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad management. Elway's got to pay. He's got to pay. And, and unless they somehow turn it around, unless Drew Locke becomes the savior, Elway, I think he's got to go, guys. I think he's got to go. At least, I don't know how he saves it. How long do you give him? He's never hit a quarterback except for Peyton Manning, and that was pretty lucky. Now, I do give him credit for that, and he had two great teams in a row, but eventually you have to say, okay, that's done. That's over. It was great. It was an amazing run, and props to Elway for having orchestrated it. But that time is over, and he has not found any success since, and he's made some boneheaded decisions like bringing in Joe Flacco. So the time has come where we really have to start saying it's probably time... The number seven, John Elway, rides off into the pastures and maybe just goes and, and runs his his steak restaurant and bring in someone else who, who can put their you know mark on this team and build it in their image and hopefully find some success. Until then, well, I guess we will watch the 40-minute condensed version and and talk negatively to you know a 10-person <laughs> listenership. I'm sorry about this, guys. Really, I am. I mean, it, it, it's hard. It's hard for all of us. Um, 
We'll have to try to find things to be positive about. Really, I mean, again, I, I'm going to be looking at, at individuals. It's like the Rockies. You know, the Colorado Rockies were terrible. They should have been good. They were an embarrassment also. So I started to watch, you know, I'm watching Nolan Arenado. I'm just watching his stats. I'm watching his career. And I hope that he ends up having a successful season and in, in, in moving forward as an, as, as an MVP, as a Hall of Famer. And he did. And that's still fun. You know, I'm, I'm not watching the entire game. I'm just watching his highlights. And that's what's it, what it's going to become with the Broncos. I'm going to watch Philip Lindsay. I'm going to watch Dalton Reisner. I'm going to watch Cortland Sutton because that's the future of this team. And we have to hope and pray that more guys like that come in either through the draft or free agency and and make this team again some, at least, at the very least, a team that we can be proud about and definitely not the embarrassment that they are right now and a team that I, I don't want to wear their colors, and I hope that that changes soon, and I hope that you all continue to listen, um, and I will continue to put out podcasts and speaking the truth as I see it, even if it's hard, even if it hurts. That's what we do here. Um, I, I Hopefully, you all have a good week. Uh, hopefully, after a long week, the Broncos will, will look, look at themselves in the mirror and realize what they did wrong, and they'll show up next week in Indy. Until then, take it easy.